Hello, you sexy sat stackers, and welcome to the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. Today is Sunday, May 8th, 2022, and it is time for a weekend update edition. First of all, happy Mother's Day to all you Bitcoiners starting families and to all the mothers who raised all you plebs. I know this is a show where we normally dollar cost average every Wednesday, but did you BTFD? Question mark? This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as financial advice. All views expressed on this podcast are solely the opinions of the host and or any guests that we might have from time to time. Nothing on this podcast should be construed as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow a particular investing strategy. All right. As I said, this is a weekend update edition of the Bitcoin Bulletin Podcast. This is episode 49. And once again, happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. The big story continues to be the price. As they say, the price is the news and the news is the price. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped another 98 points on Friday to 32,899 compared to an all-time high of 36,952, logging its sixth straight weekly loss. Tech Tech stocks and the NASDAQ crashed even harder. And of course, this dragged everything down with it, including Bitcoin. None of this was unexpected. Um, If you had been listening to almost anyone out there in the Bitcoin influencer space, uh, they had been predicting that the markets were going to crash, that there would be about a half a point rate interest rate increase. And just like um, following a pattern that just like after the 2008 financial crisis, where when they tried to unwind QE, they began raising interest rates slowly. And then, of course, the stock market tanked. And eventually they had to reverse course and dropped interest rates all the way to zero. And basically until um, today or until this week, we had basically been in perpetual QE. Um, And the logic is that we really still are, that this is a fake out and that the Fed knows that eventually they're going to have to um, pump even harder than they had to keep us from plunging into a a depression or, or, or a recession. So again, none of this is unexpected. What was unexpected was the brief rally on Wednesday after the Fed announced its half point interest rate hike. Interest rate hike. I'm having a really hard time talking today. I feel a little bit like a Marty Bent. <laughs> Sorry about that, Marty. Just having fun with you. Uh, the prevailing logic is because investors had been uh, worried that. The interest rate hike was going to be worse, that it was going to be maybe a three-quarter percent uh, interest rate hike and that we were looking at maybe an interest rate hike of three and a half percent or higher by the end of the year. Uh, And so when it came out as a half a percent interest rate hike, which is what all the Bitcoin influencers had been predicting, uh, there was a bit of a relief rally. Of course, all of that changed almost immediately, fulfilling the predictions of almost everyone in the Bitcoin influencer space who said that um, this was going to tank the stocks, that the last thing you do is raise interest rates when we're heading into a recession. Uh, The idea that the Fed is trying to accomplish by raising interest rates is that they say that inflation is because of a booming economy, which we are clearly not in. Um, Obviously, the last 
quarter results showed that we actually had a decline in GDP. But again, they're blaming interest. Um, they're bl- they're blaming inflation on uh, a booming economy in lieu of the fact that we just keep increasing the money the money supply, which of course is what actually causes inflation. You know, most of the money that's in circulation has been printed in just the last few months, and when you double the supply of money and the supply of goods remains the same, obviously the laws of supply and demand say that stuff's going to get more expensive. Nonetheless, the Fed's philosophy is that by slowing down or cooling off the economy, they can fight inflation. Uh, However, um, the economy already is cooling off, and um, by increasing interest rates, they're going to tank the economy, they're going to tank the housing market, they're going to tank everything if they're not careful. So, um, But again, this has all been predicted by almost every Bitcoin influencer out there. They said this was going to happen, that there would be a modest interest rate hike last time around, which there was, that there'd be a slightly more aggressive but still pretty much meaninglessly meaningless interest rate hike this time around, the federal funds rate being between three-quarter and one percent, which is still pretty darn low. Um, but that eventually uh, they're going to have to begin quantitative easing again in a manner unlike we've ever seen before. And um, that is going to be good for Bitcoin, whether or not it's good for the economy. All right, before we get into the news, a real quick look at the vital statistics. Again, today is uh, Sunday, May 8th, 2022. We find ourselves currently at a block height of 735,503. Bitcoin is currently priced $34,295. That is down significantly from where we were just last Wednesday when we DCA'd at $39,725. Correction, it is 2,916 Moscow time. In other words, you can get 2,916 sats per cuck buck. That is a sale compared to, again, last Wednesday when one cuck buck would get you 2,517 sats per dollar. If you uh, want to cash your shiny metal rocks in for Bitcoin, it will currently cost you 18.2 ounces of gold to buy one Bitcoin. And we now find ourselves exactly two weeks away from the anniversary of Bitcoin Pizza Day. It was May 22nd, 2010, when Laszlo spent 10,000 Bitcoins on two Papa John's pizzas. So 12 years ago and two weeks uh, was Bitcoin Pizza Day. And today, one Bitcoin will buy you 2,056 Papa John's pizzas. So we've certainly come a long way in those 12 years. And thank you, Laszlo, for kicking it all off with those 10,000 Bitcoins. Um, that was the first documented purchase of a uh, of, of first documented Bitcoin purchase. That's why we celebrate it. And uh, without that, who knows where we would be today. So thanks again, Laszlo. I know we're a little bit premature on that because we're two weeks away from pizza day, but uh, that's just a really interesting comparison. The price of oil currently is 327,758 sats per barrel. That's a little more expensive than it was on Wednesday, and that is because uh, the U.S. dollar price of oil is up a couple dollars a barrel, and of course because Bitcoin's value is down against the U.S. dollar. So 
Uh, oil is a little bit more expensive in terms of sats today than it was just last Wednesday. We find ourselves with a current market capitalization of $652.8 billion, down dramatically from the $756 billion on Wednesday. So if you track that sort of metric, uh, I know a lot of people think it's a meaningless metric, but it is indicative of the total value of all Bitcoin in existence at the current price. So um, I find that it at least gives a meaningful presentation of the overall, it's a meaningful overall picture of of the value of Bitcoin. Um, So whether you pay attention to it or not, that's where we're at. The mempool is looking a lot more clear than it was on Wednesday. Of course, it's always a little less clogged on the weekends. Uh, You know, on-chain activity tends to be down on the weekends, especially on Sundays. Nonetheless, there are still 6,910 transactions pending in the mempool currently, and that's going to take three blocks to clear. And that, uh, again, that's a little bit less clogged than it was on Wednesday, but um, still a decent amount of on-chain activity. One sat per byte transactions will still clear within a day, but the recommended price to get your uh, transaction included in the next block is 14 sats per block. And even though the mempool is slightly clearer than it was on Wednesday, that is up from the 12 sats per block, uh, 12 sats per byte uh, that was recommended to uh, guarantee your transaction in the next block just on Wednesday. I really am having a hard time talking today, aren't I? Maybe it's just Sunday. Um, And it's also really, really hot out where I am. Um, It has been hot the last couple days, uh, definitely hotter than it I think it usually is this time of year. Uh, And it's not just here, apparently, watching the news. Uh, There's wildfires and droughts out there out west. So um, we're getting baked. And whether you want to attribute that to global warming and blame it all on Bitcoin, (laughs) hey, that's up to you. Uh, I'm just commenting that, boy, it is warm out there. If you've been following this podcast for any length of time at all, you know that my favorite metric is the 24-hour transaction rate, the on-chain transaction volume, and we are currently looking at an average of 2.62 transactions per second. Obviously, it's usually lower on the weekends, as I keep saying, there's less on-chain volume traditionally on Sundays than there are during the rest of the week on Wednesdays in particular, so it's not necessarily fair to compare it to Wednesday's activity, although Wednesday was down as well. It was 2.83 transactions per second on Wednesday, And uh, it was even 2.84 transactions per volume last Sunday. So we're down compared to Wednesday, and we're even down compared to last Sunday's Bitcoin Bulletin podcast weekend update edition. I like to see on-chain transaction above three transactions per second, preferably above pi, 3.14 transactions per second. Again, that may or may not be an important metric especially with more transactions taking place on the Lightning Network. And with so much darn Bitcoin being held on the on exchanges, a lot of the panic selling, well, all the panic selling that's going on is going on on exchanges like the Evil Empire or Kraken or Gemini. And uh, that usually doesn't reflect on chain because you're just swapping IOUs. Um, so unless you actually transfer your Bitcoin to your hardware wallet or trade with someone in person to their wallet, Uh, those transactions aren't going to show up in terms of the 24-hour transaction rate. 
And speaking of the blockchain, we are 337 blocks away from the next difficulty increase. Miners out there are looking at an increase of about 4.8%. On Wednesday, the estimate was anywhere between 4.32 and 5.1. Obviously, as we get closer to the block where the difficulty is going to adjust, that number becomes a little more solid. And right now we're 337 blocks away, which is about two days, approximately sometime on May 10th. Uh, the, uh, the difficulty that it'll take to mine the next block of Bitcoin is going to increase by 4.8%. Uh, and, and that is because blocks are currently averaging nine point, or correction, nine minutes and 32 seconds, this difficulty epic. And that was a little bit slower than the nine minutes and 30 seconds on Wednesday, which is probably why we're looking at 4.8% instead of 5.1. Uh, last Sunday, blocks were coming in at nine minutes and 39 seconds. So you can see that the hash rate has varied a little bit. But currently, blocks are averaging 9 minutes and 32 seconds. The code is set up to where they should average about 10 minutes. Well, they should average exactly 10 minutes. And as a result, it's going to get just a little bit harder to mine Bitcoin from here on out. I do want to mention that we are available on Podcasting 2.0 apps such as the Fountain app. And once again, thank you to whoever it is who's been anonymously streaming us stats. Uh, if you're not familiar with Podcasting 2.0, Podcasting 2.0 is the value for value model. It's an alternative form of funding podcasting, of supporting your favorite podcaster. Instead of having to sell ads to generate revenue to support a podcast, uh, you can stream sats or tip sats to your favorite podcaster, much like listening to a street performer. You know, you can still listen for free, but if you particularly appreciate them and you want to support them directly, you can stream a fixed number of sats per minute and or hit the boost button where you basically uh, can tip them uh, on demand. And that um, can be, well, that can also be whatever you set up. I think Fountain App defaults to 500 sats on a boost. So if you wanted to tip someone 500 sats because you particularly appreciate that podcast, you can do so with just a press of a button. And that money goes directly to the to your uh, that goes directly to the podcast that goes directly to your favorite Bitcoiner as opposed to you know uh, AdSense on Google for example taking sixty percent of the money that a channel generates through advertising. Uh, but once again, thank you to whoever has been out there streaming us sats. It's it's you know not um, it's just it's it's just something we just barely got into. So um, it was kind of neat to see sats start coming in and you know well. Um, it's just a little trickle from each person that's listening. Those trickles can add up. And even, even if they don't, it's still gratifying to know that you're saying thank you. Because uh, that's what it is. Each sat that comes in is a thank you. And that, 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 makes, that makes us feel really good. That's a, that's a pat on the back. It gives you a smile to know that you're being physically appreciated in real time. All right, back to the news. And that, again, of course, is the price. Did you buy the dip? I know this is a show where we stack every Wednesday and we emphasize dollar cost averaging, but that doesn't mean that you also can't buy the dip. And when Bitcoin's on sale like this, most people that do in you know that do primarily invest through dollar cost averaging, as they say, they like to keep a little bit of dry powder in reserve for these dips so they can add to their stack. Um, and uh, we certainly did, although for the purpose of our podcast, we do not include. Um, 
purchases other than our DCA purchases in our tally because, um, well, we want as pure data as possible because for this experiment, we want to be able to tell whether it worked or not. And if we, if we score and happen to get lucky and make a huge purchase on the dip, and if that happens to be the bottom, uh, that will warp our average cost basis. And so um, while, while I do buy the dip from time to time, I do not include that in our DCA stack. Well, while most of the new coiners are out there busy panic selling, the Luna Foundation has stacked another $1.5 in Bitcoin, and that's for their Terra Bitcoin-backed stablecoin, S-coin. Um, you know, there are some people that cut Terra a little more slack than others because it is Bitcoin-backed, but an S-coin is an S-coin in my humble opinion. This makes them the second largest corporate holder of Bitcoin. They just surpassed Tesla. So I think it goes MicroStrategy, the Luna Foundation, and now Tesla as the largest known corporate holders of Bitcoin. The real life golem of the financial world crawled out from under his shiny yellow rock again, tweeting that Bitcoin is gearing up for a crash quote below $10,000. If you've been if you have been following the shift head, you know that historically, whenever he gloats about the Bitcoin price on Twitter, that has almost always been a bottom signal. So, thank you, Peter, for coming out and uh, and and tweeting nasty things about Bitcoin because uh, that means that if uh, if you are as consistent as you have been, that we're getting ready for a bounce. Yahoo Finance had a rather out of touch headline today, writing quote. Economic strength is forcing the Fed to get more aggressive, unquote. And if you have been paying attention to pretty much anything, I mean, not just the official numbers, but uh, if you've walked outside of your house and looked at the real world, I think you'd agree that we are not exactly in a thriving economy right now. And obviously the official numbers tell that as well. And you know, the government likes to do everything they can to pad the numbers to make things look rosier than they are especially since we're coming up on a major midterm election here this fall. But even with all of that said, the official numbers said that the GDP gross domestic product fell by 1.4% the first quarter of this year. So we're likely already in a recession. Technically, the definition of a recession is two consecutive quarters of ne negative economic growth. But I do not think that it is a stretch to say that... Um, but that is what we're experiencing, even if it won't be made official until this quarter's numbers officially come out later this summer. It doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure that if everything is more expensive, if gas is more expensive, if raw ingredients are more expensive, that um, prices are going to continue to rise and that's going to continue to hurt the American family and that's going to continue to hurt the economy. And even if we have reached peak inflation, which is what a lot of economists are saying, and I don't necessarily believe, but peak inflation doesn't mean that as inflation tapers off, things are going to get starting start to get cheaper again. Peak inflation means that, okay, well, things got 10% more expensive this month, but next month they're only going to get 5% more expensive. It doesn't mean they're going to say that, you know, that, let's say that a widget costs you $10 this month and that inflation is only going to be 5% next month. That doesn't mean that it's going to cost you less than $10 for that widget. It means it's going to cost you another 5% more for that widget. So the widget's going to be you know, more than $10 next month. But the way they talk about it, 
having said we're hit peak inflation, I think is um, a little disingenuous because I think they're making it sound to the average person out there like, you know, inflation's like prices are going to cool off, not inflation. But uh, I'm not convinced that that inflation is is going to cool off anyway, because I have a lot of friends in the manufacturing industry. I have a lot of experience in the manufacturing industry, and I can tell you that the things it takes to make those products are continuing to get more expensive. And if it's going to cost me more to make a product that I'm selling you, well, then that product's going to get more expensive, which means consumer prices are going to continue to increase. And that means that inflation is going to continue to soar. Again, I'm not an economist. Of course, we don't offer financial advice. This show is entirely my opinion. Even our DCA Wednesday stacks are basically my opinion about DCA exploring, you know, DCA for um, my benefit so I can basically tell you what I think about it. But again, uh, I'm not a financial advisor, nor am I an attorney or an economist. So, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Obviously, do not make your life's decisions based on what you hear from some internet stranger on a podcast, on YouTube, on Reddit, whatever the case may be. If you have been enjoying the show and you do want to help support us, as I said, um, you can listen to us on your favorite podcasting 2.0 app. You can still do that for free, but if you feel like we're giving you value, if you want to help support the show, you can stream a sats or tip a sats in a, in a, in a boost, you know, in a, uh, uh, I think they call it, I think they call it a boost on fountain, but, um, they call it other things on, on, on other apps. But the point being, it's like, uh, you know, it's like hitting the like button, only that like button sends a, sends a tip. Please follow us on Twitter. Again, we are at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter and or subscribe to our YouTube channel where there are video versions of this podcast. Uh, if you feel so inclined and you don't use Podcasting 2.0, you can also tip us on Twitter. We've enabled titter, Twitter tipping, titter twipping, <laughs> Twitter tipping. So uh, if you're not a Podcast 2.0 user, uh, you can still tip for the episodes you like uh, by tipping us on Twitter. You can support us directly through the anchor.fm support link that's included in the show notes. Uh, you can also support us by using any of the referral links in the show notes. As you know, on our DCA Wednesdays, we stack using the Cash App. If you don't have the Cash App, we have a referral link in the show notes where if you sign up using the referral link, you can get $5 for free, and we'll get $5 as well, and that'll help us both out. Uh, there's also a referral code for the Strike App. And if you sign up for Strike using that referral link, you'll get 10 bucks, and we'll get 10 bucks, uh, And that helps us as well. As I've mentioned previously, I've written several books, including Understanding Bitcoin for Noobs. And those books are available on barnesandnoble.com and amazon.com. And finally, we've included a Beige32 address in the show notes if you would like to contribute Bitcoin directly. Or if you're watching the video version of this podcast, you can use the QR code in the bottom left-hand corner to tip us Bitcoin as well. Again, you can contact us at BTC Bulletin Pod on Twitter, or you can email me at bitcoinbulletin at protonmail.com. And don't forget to join us this Wednesday and every Wednesday for our DCA episodes. And until then, keep on stacking those sats, you sexy sat stackers.